It's time for Takes on Takes. You know the drill. You supply the takes. We give you a take on your take today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Joe? Kyle? I believe the saying goes, good teams win and great teams cover, correct? I've heard it. Kansas City Chiefs. Great team. Covered 10 and a half last night. Yeah. On a late field goal. After yeah. Denver managed to scratch out one touchdown. How about that Bronco? How about that vaunted Broncos defense against Kansas City? Brother, brother. The first three takes are about the Chiefs. So we will get very good. We will get Topical. into the Chiefs. Topical. Yes. I would say this might be one of my most favorite slate of takes that we have. We've got very good football things. We got a little Will Ferrell stuff. We got some dad stuff. Okay. Yeah. Football philosophy, it's all very, very good. So big yeah, shout out to those who those who participated. I feel very fortunate to have had the opportunity to compile these and know what's coming. Um, and so let's do it, man. We got some good stuff to get into. The first one comes from Drew. I don't know why I said it like that, but that was fun. Drew says the Chiefs, with their subpar wide receivers and offensive tackles, will struggle in shootouts this year. And because of this, they will have their AFC title game appearance streak broken. Wow. Okay. I think for this to happen, just that last bit, they probably have to play in the divisional round on the road, right? That would be helpful. They've not had to do this yet, so that right. would be helpful. So it's like, I feel like if if they were not going to win one playoff game, or go to the the divisional round, go to the conference championship, they would need to play in the divisional round somewhere else, which means they need to be the three or four seed for that to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't don't think that's going to happen. How is it going to happen? They're going to be at least the two, right? Right. That's what I mean. I think it's up to the AFC East. The AFC East has to bump them to the two seed. To the two, and then you need somebody else to bump them to the three. That ain't so going to go on happen, the road, Kyle. That ain't going to happen. I agree. The Jaguars go on a big heater. That's your only chance of that happening. Maybe, but can't they've already got the head to head. They've already lost the head to head, Kyle, to right. the Jaguars. Let's see here, look up Kansas City's five one. So right, this is what I'm going to say about this. Living's good. You and I talked about this yesterday before the Chiefs looked just ordinary against the Broncos. Right? Somehow the Broncos defense has a pulse against Kansas City in Arrowhead, right? There are parts of the season every single year for the Chiefs where I feel like they sleepwalk through it. 
and they will have a little bit of a hiccup and lose a game. They'll have a bunch of tight wins. And I find myself at the end of the year saying, you know what? I don't think this is a dominant football team. I've said this every year. Kyle, I'm not falling into it this year. I'm not going to because they just have this ability to flip the switch and nobody can stop them in clutch situations. It just goes their way. And so a lot of your philosophy is until it happens, I'm not buying it. I'm that way with the Chiefs. Are they sleepwalking right now? Yeah. Am I concerned about their O-line and the receivers? Yeah. Is their defense kind of overachieving based on their talent? Yeah. But guess what? I feel like they're going to be right there in the end of this thing because that's just what they do. Correct. They're the, that's what the Patriots did for so long. Yes. You remember it? You're yeah. like, oh, I don't How think do they're I that forget? good. How did I they're forget? not that good. They're- so I think Kansas City will be playing in another AFC Conference Championship game. Brother, less than 20 points against Denver? Less than 20 points against Jacksonville. Won against Minnesota by seven with fortunate end of game turns of events. Right. One by three against the Jets. It's annoying, bro. It's annoying. And I then guess what will happen? What They're going to play the Dolphins, right? And all of a sudden, they're going to be able to score 40 points. It's just oh, a matter of can, can, can let, the Dolphins let's, score let, 45. Let's, let's let them sleepwalk through the bye, and then they can flip the switch against the Eagles in week 11. They will. They'll flip the switch when they have to flip it. That's just what they do. Correct. So, All right, we got a couple more Chiefs stuff here, Chiefs things. Magic Muffin says Travis Kelsey will finish the season with more receiving yards than Kansas City's entire receiver core. Now, that's crazy, right? Hold on. I know you're going to do the math. Remember a couple, it was like 10, 10 years ago, like the receivers didn't even have a touchdown reception in a season? One of the most Rasheed, cool. Rasheed Rice is ruining this. Well, the, I mean, come on. Like, I – it's not even Kelsey's best year in terms of racking up yards. You're telling me receivers. Yeah, you do know your fantasy. It's good. Good showing last night. Yeah, he did well. Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes were excited about that too. The new BFFs. Um, I'm going to be BFFs with both of them rooting for Travis because my fantasy squad needs to pick me up. Nobody cares well, about my fantasy team. I went to ESPN.com this morning and I saw Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift on the front. That was the cover of ESPN.com. I bet you were thrilled. I was just, I'm like, really? That's what I said. I said, really? I mean, I like the, the the attention that it's all getting. Like, it's all comedy for me, but really on that one? There's baseball playoffs. There's a football game. That's the cover. The uh, There were three teams in baseball with 100 wins this year. They all got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. So you don't want to win 100 games in baseball. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't want to do. Don't put the on your back. High 90s. So is it, what's the math here, Kyle? Did you get enough time here uh, to figure Rasheed this out? Rice has 101 less receiving yards than Travis Kelsey is by it, himself. Going, going I like the bold take. Magic Muffin, if it comes right, you spike that ball and you spike it hard. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, Justin Justin Watson has 219 and Rasheed Rice has 245. So those That's, two combined have over 460. And what's Travis Kelsey? Kelsey is 346, right? Yeah, now. this is ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, and I know Sky Moore has like 120-something yards. Like, it's just – that's that's tough. I'm sure MVS has a couple of catches at least this year. Tony's got uh, a few. Seven, seven for 116. Kadarius Tony's got 17 for 92. Solid 5.4 yards per catch. <laughs> here, Dude, here's this one. Mike's, Mike's got us. So all the stuff we just talked about, here comes Mike over the top. He goes, the worst thing that could happen for other AFC teams next year is Kansas City pulling off a Julio Jones trade to go get Marvin Harrison. Can't you see it? Can you not see that going no. down? No. 
You can't. You can't see like you got a quarterback needy teams picking what? Maybe Kyle. There's got to be a with path. What to this. with what assets they're going to be picking twenty eight or worse? We just said it. They're going to be. Up, who cares? Right? They should give up multiple first round picks. They should do things to get is, this done. Is three is a team that's picking at two or three because the floor for Marvin Harrison Jr. is three, right? You would think the floor is three. Would you go from three to 30 for three first round picks, knowing that those first round picks are all going to continue to be 28 or later the next two years? What you need is the marriage of a team that has a young quarterback that they believe in that doesn't want to pick Marvin Harrison for themselves. Or, you know, like there's, there's a lot that has to go right. The but Chiefs the point that he's not, making, this is to be the worst thing that could happen for the AFC is yes, this going it, down. It would be. But it's unlikely. If there's a team, if the Chiefs are willing to offer three ones to go up, I promise you, somebody that's picking higher than the Chiefs who isn't going to be playing in the conference championship game every single year is probably going to offer a similar package, and they're going to have to go half as far down the draft order as what you would to trade with Kansas City. So you're saying they don't, they don't have short, enough. This ain't going to happen. They, 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 it's not going to happen. They do not have the ammunition to make it happen. Phillips got one here that I that I just disagree with big time. Phillips says Will Ferrell is highly overrated. His best films are the ones where he isn't the main character. Joe cashes the Bilt Bar bet this year on the Texans. Kyle, I don't think this is a good take. From 2003 to 2013, Will Ferrell had banger after banger where he was the lead character. Old school, Elf, Anchorman, Kicking and Screaming, Talladega Nights, Blades of Glory, Semi-Pro, Step Brothers, the other guys in the campaign. Are you kidding me? That's a 10-year stretch of comedy gold. And there's probably some movies that people liked that I didn't particularly care for that I didn't mention there, whether it's Get Hard. You mentioned Step Brothers, Talladega Nights. I'm Other just looking guys. at the IMDb right now. 2003 to 2013, Will Ferrell is as good of a comedic stretch as you're ever going to see in the history of the world. Oh, that's why. They, they sorted it not by year, but by rating. That's dumb. And I, I mean, I didn't even get into Daddy's Home. I didn't love that. Some people like Stranger Than Fiction. I didn't. Did you mention Elf? Brother, of course I did. I'm just making Old sure. school. Elf, Anchorman, kicking and is, screaming. Is is Will Ferrell the main character in Old School? It's debatable. But that was like his first one. That that's that got us to Elf, Anchorman, kicking and screaming, Talladega Nights, Blades of Glory, Semi Pro. I, I would take. Go ahead. I think Anchorman's a little overrated. Oh, I disagree. It's very I haven't quotable. seen it's a it's a very quotable movie. I just think it's a little overrated. Hmm. I know in the time I was dying. I haven't seen it in a long time to like see if it stood the test of time and it's still funny. But at the time, I remember that was just something I couldn't stop watching. Circle back. We'll see. I might have to. I mean, after the Sabres five to one loss in week one or day one, whatever the hell it is, night night one. Was that why you had the joke about where the game was being played? Yeah, it's funny. The the surface looked really slippery as well. I was concerned about mm. a lot of things there. Well, mm. You know, so Buffalo sports. Here we go. All right, uh, more to get to here in just a moment. But first, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation 
to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I'm still trying to catch up on all the Will Will Ferrell movies. Do you agree with the take, though? Like, he said highly overrated. I don't think he's highly overrated. No. I do think some of his best movies are movies in which he is in a secondary or ancillary role, like Zoolander. He's a villain in Zoolander. You haven't seen that one. I didn't know I have. I didn't love it. Didn't really captivate me. Um, Old School, which I don't think he's the main character in, but is probably my favorite movie on this list. Uh, the other guys. Did you see the other guys with Martin Wahlberg? Super, super good. Yes. Super funny. Yes. You might think because of the beard, really hairy. Right. Shit. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> good. Good. Gator. Stuff. Gator. But uh, who? Who? All of like. Who is a comedian that that just carries it completely by themselves? There's always those ancillary pieces oh, of a movie. What, what was the other one? The one that I think is really underrated. Uh, Land is it Land of the Lost? See, you you like that movie? I hated it. Really? Yeah, I hated it so so much. Got I Danny, that movie. Danny McBride's in it. So dumb. I can't. I I strongly disagree, but that's okay. Uh, did you know? Will Ferrell was also in an Austin Powers movie. Uh, I did because I researched that a little bit this morning. Yeah. Okay. So you you. That was the rant. You'd warn no, me. No, no, I got it's coming in this segment. It's coming in Whoa, this segment. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, let me put Will Farrell away and let's go. Yeah. Let's keep moving. Uh Matt says there is not a single team in the NFL that should trade for Kirk Cousins, especially not the Jets. I'm inclined to agree with this because he's in a contract here. And if you're in a position to trade for a quarterback, like Atlanta. They're, they're the one team that I think you could make a compelling case for. But you don't have to give up more for Kirk Cousins than you did Brett Far- or Brett Far- Aaron Rodgers, right? Is the, isn't that pr- the parameters are at least, don't you go to that if you're having that conversation? It's the yeah, Aaron Rodgers so trade to an extent. contract year. Well, right? you would you would sign them to like a two-year, $100 million extension or something like that. Right? Wouldn't that be part of the trade? You're the Atlanta Falcons. What would you offer for Kirk Cousins? Um, I'd offer two second round picks. I'd probably get it done. I was prepared. I was prepared to offer a three. Two second round picks. Here's two years, a hundred million dollars, fully guaranteed. Let's go compete in the NFC. We got a defense. We got skill players. We got an offensive line. Our quarterback's going to hold us back. I'd do it. As Atlanta. Yeah. What other teams make sense though? That's that's where I get the the list is not very long of where I think it makes sense. There's a lot of quarterback needy teams, but not a lot of quarterback needy teams that need Kirk Cousins. They need like a young guy, like an answer long right. term. Right. Who else? It's like you look at the like, Jets make zero sense. Wouldn't do it. Pa- Patriots make no sense to me. Tennessee makes no yeah, sense. They're an interesting one because they they have a reason to be desperate short term, but. Kirk Cousins not going to get you where you want to go. No, if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm mixing that all about everybody saying Tom Brady would come back out of retirement to play for the Patriots. No. So, okay, Tom Brady would take one look at that team and say, kick rocks. Washington? I don't know, man. I wouldn't mess with that. No. If I'm Washington, I'm getting through this season and we're getting a new GM and head coach. 
Right. But wouldn't that be the motivation for the GM to trade for Kirk Cousins? Yeah, but if you're the owner, you're like, no, no, we're not doing that. Atlanta's a team. Atlanta would be the one team. All right, next one here is uh, from Josh, who says right tackle is the third most important position on offense behind quarterback and left tackle. Most teams have multiple capable pass rushers, and unless you have a true alpha dog wide receiver one, wide receivers are somewhat of a dime a dozen. Getting movement in the run game and ensuring protection for franchise quarterbacks is more significant. So the top three positions on an offense, quarterback, left tackle, and right tackle. I think there's a lot of merit to what he's saying. Like, there's no, there's no longer hiding your right tackle, right? A right tackle only. He can power block in the run game, but he's a statue in pass protection. Like, that doesn't work anymore because there's good pass rushers that come on both sides. Right. But is it the third most important position on an offense? And he does give the caveat of unless you have a true alpha dog wide receiver one. So if you make it very practical, in my world, I'm not trading Spencer Brown for, for Stephon Diggs. I'm not telling you that's more important, you know what I mean, type situation. So I think that's a good caveat. But in a vacuum. I think in a vacuum, you would want a stud wide receiver one before you want to right tackle. I, I agree. So we disagree. But I kind of get what he's what he's getting after. Yeah, I, I understand what he's getting at if you're, you have finite resources and you can't guarantee that to be the case. This next one's from R. Sizzle, and I have to defend myself. This is not the rant that's coming next. Uh, our sizzle says dad take, and we got another dad take coming up later. I love the dad takes Joe, not being into bluey is unacceptable. It is in the top tier of programs aired aimed at young audiences and families. But I'm here's, here's the thing is I'm not anti bluey. My daughter just doesn't, she doesn't gravitate towards it. So because of that, we don't play it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's just the way that it is. Not that I don't like bluey. Bluey's phenomenal. I don't know, Kyle, are you good here? We... I have no comment. All right. But th- can, can you defend my honor that it's not like you're? No. Well, you think that I should force this on my household? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. A lot of valuable lessons to be learned. I Right. But if my daughter's not going to sit there and watch it, we're not going to try to force it. You got to go the, uh, the goofy movie route. She doesn't, that's not, the, doesn't move the needle for her. Well, I'm not talking about the goofy movie. In the goofy movie, Pistol Pete, the big, the big version of Goofy. Mm-hmm. They're working at a photographer, a photography stand at the beginning of the of the movie, and they're trying to get a, a baby to sit still for photos. And Goofy's really good with the kids, and Pete's not. So Pete takes a thing of Velcro and puts Velcro on the baby's butt, and then Velcro where they want the baby to sit for the picture, and he sticks the baby on the Velcro, and the baby's trying to crawl away, but it can't because it's got Velcro on his butt. So you got to do that with with your daughter. I put Bluey on the TV. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll give that a shot later yeah. on today. Dolphins craze. Here oh, we go. Here we go. Dolphins craze. I like Dolphins craze. I don't so like. Do I. This, I don't like this take though. Dolphins craze says it is so clear that having an offensive minded head coach is good for your young quarterback. You can luck into a good offensive coordinator quarterback coach, but it isn't sustainable because they can get hired away easier. Look at Tua Lawrence Hurts. Fields and Pickett are having a disservice done to them with their coaching staffs. To go along with this, I have a prediction that Ben Johnson will be hired by New England when they push out Belichick, and they are most likely to get any quarterback that he wants from the draft. All right, I don't think Ben Johnson is going to go to New England. So there's that, unless they have the number one pick, and he gets to pick the GM. 
I understand the whole offensive-minded head coach, and it's more likely that you're going to keep your offensive coaching staff intact, and I recognize how valuable that is to a young quarterback. But let me give you some data. The longest-tenured NFL head coaches, nine have been with them their team going into this season. So this season doesn't count because it's not complete. Nine have been with their team for five or more seasons. There's nine coaches going into the season that have been with their team yeah, for, for five quartile. or more seasons. Yeah, yes. for Belichick, 23 seasons. Tomlin, 16 seasons. Harbaugh, 15 seasons. Carroll, 13 seasons. So the top four longest-tenured coaches in the NFL are not offensive-minded. Then you have Andy Reid, 10 seasons. Sean McDermott, six seasons. Oh, a defensive-minded coach. So there's five of the top six. McVay and Shanahan, six seasons each. And then Vrabel at five seasons. Don't you so feel like of, there's a little... Go ahead. Go ahead. Six of the top nine. Six of the top nine longest-tenured coaches are not offensive-minded. Then from there, only three of nine NFL head coaches. I've already said that. Here's the other interesting thing. In 2022, the NFL coaches that added the most win probability to their team based on in-game decisions, so fourth downs, two-point conversions, first-half timeouts, second-half timeouts, and delay a game. Nick Sirianni, number one at 70.5%. Great for him, offensive-minded. Sean McDermott, number two, 51.6%. Number three, Dan Campbell, 45.2%. So two of your top three offensive-minded. Then your next three are defensive coaches or non-offensive-minded. Brandon Staley, Matt Eberflus, John Harbaugh. Nobody else is above 21.1%. Harbaugh was at the bottom of that at 29.8%. Only two of the top six there that added 30% or more win probability were were offensive-minded coaches. I I see what people are saying with this. And you bring up Tomlin. Was Tomlin a detriment to Ben Roethlisberger? He just doesn't have the right offensive coordinator. I think this is such a narrow-minded site. Like, I don't understand it. There's no data that tells me that this is true. So as far as the win probability thing, don't you think that's, is that correlation or causation? Is that because those are all analytic uh, department driven game day decision groups, which we know majority of them to be? I'm just saying they're just offensive or defensive. You got six coaches last year that added 30% or more win probability, and f- and four of those six were, were not offensive-minded coaches. And then as far as the longevity that doesn't exist with offensive-minded head coaches when there's more of them? Well, yeah, I think you, you referenced the the longest tenure guys, and I, I, I don't know that that – I don't know that I buy that in today's league either because they are not of this generation of – the game, right? Like, Tomlin, what is it, which, this generation of the game Tomlin, is four Tom, years old? Tomlin was hired in 2007. Yep. And Ben Roethlisberger had three seasons with Bill Cower before Mike Tomlin was his head coach. So the the point that their people are making is that you have a more likelihood to have sustained coaching with your quarterback. It's, yes. it's not true. It's not happening. Of course, the guy who flew completely against the the grain of trends across the league and retained his entire coaching staff for six years with Josh Allen thinks that four years that a top three. three scoring offense without Brian Dayball, who has had zero success with outside of Josh Allen. He's never had a top half of the league scoring offense without Josh Allen. I understand that, but I'm saying you, you Buff, Buffalo, would you not agree that Buffalo is not the anomaly with what 
they were able to do to retain their coaching. They, their they coaching certainly look staff. like that, but but there, there's other success. If it was just the Bills, I, I can I can accept that. Is D'Amico Ryan's? Oh, what a horrible choice. D'Amico Ryan's for the Texans, defensive-minded. No chance for C.J. Stroud. Are we talking about that right now? No. But the just, problem is, what happens to C.J. Stroud if Bobby Slowick gets a head coaching job in two years? Then you hire another offensive coordinator. Right, but, the, but then that's where this conversation becomes relevant. It's not relevant now. It's relevant when the, who, when the who are these coaches staff comes. Who are the so we've seen it with Herbert. We've seen it with Josh Allen. It has the offensive coordinator switch just completely derailed their careers? I don't get it. Like you, you either have a good enough quarterback that transcends scheme, or you don't have a good enough quarterback. I also think there's an incubation window that it's relevant within as as well. Yes, so that I think that's your, your the most three, compelling. Your thing. first three or four years of the formative years of your quarterback yes. until it becomes the quarterback and not the quarterback within the scheme, within the system, within the the language. I think I think that's probably there's diminishing returns long term. How's that? I just think I, here's, I think here's the reality: uh, continuity there's with turnover for years is essential. Turnover happens at a ridiculous rate does, with yes. offensive coordinators in the NFL. At a ridiculous rate. Nobody has sustainability there. Nobody. Because they switch all the freaking time. Even if even if you're a good, how many of Patrick Mahomes' offensive coordinators are going somewhere else? It just keeps happening. Mike, who Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, Mike it's Andy. But there's okay, well, look at how good that offense is right now. They can't score 20 against Denver. I don't know, man. I think that this is – I understand why people say this. I just don't think there's – there's not a lot of data that you can point to right now that says that you're absolutely correct about there, this. There's it's a lot of research that could be done there that I would love for us to do. You, So you're then, – then you're telling me – I've given you examples. I understand that. I But this is such a deep – deep sea topic that I'm just floating across the top of the water, and you're like – Hey, here's some thoughts on this idea. I'll be like, well, I I need to do the research myself. I need to go search myself. They have I here, can... but here's what I'm telling you: you you don't have a coach that's made it for more than five seasons right now. Okay, but I let me look. You're giving me, you're shoving the pamphlet in my face. Yeah, I'm shoving me, the pamphlet. This is it. But the reality is, is it the reality is? I've given enough data to this point that says, you know what? You don't have to have an offensive minded coach. You don't have to. Okay. You got to, what you do have to do is check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is awesome. It's just you versus the numbers, it's not you versus thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. All you do is to select two or more players. You pick more or less in their projected stats. You place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. You can make picks in under a minute. And when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. I love watching sports. Love it even more when I have a prize picks entry going into the games because it just makes it that much fun. And it's a great time to check it out because you have the NFL, baseball playoffs, NHL's going, NBA's coming, college football is here. So much to check out over at prize picks. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What else you got? Can we sum it up like this? It comes down to hiring the right coach. 
Yeah, I think it you can hire a bad defensive coach. You can hire a bad offensive coach. Got to hire the right leaders. The the, the person you got to hire the right person. Yeah. James would like to declare that Chase Claypool will turn his career around in Miami and become McDaniel's Debo. Could you think of a weirder comparison? I get it. Scheme touch, end arounds, big bodied, physical guy, plus athlete. I would bet against him being the next Debo, though. What's he going to be? A free agent. <laughs> You're not expecting much impact. Is that what I'm gathering? No, I'm. I'm not. Well, I, I went. Go ahead. I think he has the potential to to kind of carve out a niche within the offense, but I I don't know that it's. I don't have very high expectations. Yeah, I think what I said to you when the trade happened is that if it's gonna if it's gonna happen for Chase Claypool, I think this is a great spot for him, right? So, I think you can you can find your optimism for his career beyond this year based on what he's able to get done in Miami and what he can right. flash. Right. Jake says it's a travesty that Joe isn't choosing to be a Hurricanes fan. They're a good team close to him, and they have a chance at matching up with Kyle's Panthers in the playoffs every year. Would love for that to not be the case. Wait, but I don't understand this at all. Like, I'm, I was born in Buffalo, New York. I grew up a Sabres fan. I didn't not choose to be a Hurricanes fan. I just... It's the fact that you're reigniting your hockey interest. Yeah. Well, here's here's what flies in the face of that. The reason I lost my hockey interest is because I moved to North Carolina, and you know what nobody cares about? Nobody in the whole world here? Hockey. Not a single person. And people, and people here don't even know where the Hurricanes play. Where do the Hurricanes play? They play in Raleigh. They think it's Greensboro. They think it's Charlotte. They have no idea. There's no, like, I I couldn't, I've never seen anybody with a Hurricanes hat or a flat, like a bumper sticker. Nobody. It's completely wow. just. Joe's completely calling out. Outside of ACC basketball. No, no. Outside of ACC basketball, North Carolina and their affinity for their sports is is terrible. It's terrible. And I know that they haven't given them a whole lot to care about. And that it's a city and really a state of transplants. I get that. But if it's not Duke or Carolina, there's just not a whole lot of passion out there for what's going on. Uh, Leighton, Leighton says, Brian Flores supplants Bill Belichick in New England after the season with Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. That's a fun outcome. I doubt it, but that's that's a fun outcome. Don't you feel like Robert Kraft would want to sign up for like something different? You would think. And if they were going to go with defensive Patriots assistant, they'd probably just be Gerard Mayo, right? You'd think, except for you get the experience component with Brian Flores, who's had a couple of winning seasons, right? Overachieved. Yep. Hope he likes his quarterback. That's always helpful, right? Uh, Connor with some spice here. He says the Vikings offense is too focused on Justin Jefferson and they are more balanced offense without him. You ever watch the Vikings offense and thought to yourself, you know what I think would make this team better is if they threw the ball to Justin Jefferson less, that'll make them better for sure. Yeah, this is, this isn't like a McCaffrey Panthers constipates the offense type thing, right? Well, but also, how much of that was just Carolina not being creative or at all with how they gave the ball to McCaffrey? It's like, here's a flare pass. Make three guys miss, please. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll pass on 
not feeding Justin Jefferson the ball. I, I, I would like to think what they went out and got TJ Hawkinson. They just drafted Jordan Addison and now Jefferson's banged up. So mm-hmm. I, I think they have tried to become more balanced, which should be applauded, but um, we'll have to wait to see that product all on the field at the same time again. We'll close with this one from Joe at work. It's a dad take. This is probably more for you. When it comes to functioning as a normal human being, the difference between waking up at 4 a.m. and being woken up at 4 a.m. is astronomical. Yeah, I would agree. So was I, was up wake up? I was up at 4 a.m. this morning. By choice or because you were woken up? Uh, I was not up by choice. And then, I tried I, to go, and then I tried to go to work and spend 45 minutes trying to uh, put a small human back to sleep. I have known you to wake up by choice at 4 a.m. And that, that is sometimes I do. Yeah. That's not my reality right now. But if you're going to wake up at 4 a.m., what you do to make that happen is different than being woken up at 4 a.m. If you wake up at 4 a.m., you probably plan to do that and not just spur the moment, which means you did things the night before to compensate for waking up at 4 a.m. Kids don't care, man. Kids do not care. They do not care. And uh, we hope you care about more Locked On NFL scouting on your dockets. We'll be back again on Monday to recap week six of the 2023 NFL season. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Reno. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. Enjoy the weekend of football that awaits. Find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Peace.